Hello, everybody. This is Hardly Kayfabe. I am one of your hosts. I am jumping Johnny Townsend. That's a lie. I'm sitting down. And with me is uh, Christopher Chavez, who is feeling 100% great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just telling lies left and right. And there's uh, and also with us is Matt Johnson, who uh, who is uh, pr- approximately seven foot three, roughly that. Also, if you keep telling lies, I'm gonna have to light you on fire. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and is he lying? Let's let's find out. <laughs> I gave your address now, so. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I'm a very truthful person. I never lie, and I have a, uh, a <laughs> my intelligence level is uh, how do they? Uh, I don't even know how they. Uh, my mind just went blank. <laughs> <laughs> I'm smart. <laughs> this is like the Miz's first promo. Oh yeah, I'm looking at my hand. I'm looking at my hand, trying to see what I ri- what I had written down. Botchamania. <laughs> <laughs> Call this number if you think I'm smart. <laughs> What's up, guys? Whoa. Well, uh, Matt and I are better than Chris, as you can hear. Yeah, uh, they can't hear that. <laughs> He's going to go back and edit all that out, but anytime I say something, it's because Chris coughed or something in his congested body <laughs> Has decided to rear its ugly head. Yeah, we missed last week because I was out sick, uh, horribly sick. Actually, I was down for the count last weekend. I couldn't even get out, get up. Uh, and this weekend, I'm moving around, uh, but I still can't breathe. I'm still congested. I still sound like Macho Man after, you know, four promos in a row. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying, brother? Yeah. <laughs> Which props did you use? Ooh, creamer. <laughs> Cream it crap. I always felt like he would just find whatever random object was near him and just would that's how good he was. He would just make an amazing promo with whatever random object was around him. Let me see what do I have near me? A cassette tape. You see this cassette tape I'm about to put together a mixtape of beat in your ass. <laughs> hit after hit, I'll take it down. Ooh, that sounds yeah. like you're Macho Man right now, and I think it's because you're sick. It sounds like he's <laughs> he's really old. Well, he uh, would be, so wouldn't this, he? How old is he? Wait, how old would he be by now? Like in his sixties, right? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought he was in his sixties when he passed. Am I wrong? No, nah, yeah, you might be right. Maybe he's in his seventies by now. Jesus, does so that he, make Hulk in his seventies? Hulk Hogan? Yeah. He's got to be. And he's trying to make a comeback, dude, because you've heard this, right? That they're working there's all, on There's Sinus. always a hope. No, no. Yes, dude. The Psycho Sids are saying that he's, uh, there's there, there's rumors that he might be signing up another another contract with the E. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, just stop. No. Can you imagine just... if he tries to come back as Hollywood and tries to take over the E? Oh, my God. No, please, no. <laughs> No, no! <laughs> I just watched. I was just watching Gremlins two the other night, and he was in there. And I'm just like, I just can't. I just can't do this anymore. No more Hulk Hogan comebacks. Side note: I freaking love Gremlins two. That's amazing. It is a great movie. I love it more than Gremlins one, and I get a lot of hate for that, but I stand by it. <laughs> 
Yeah, so that's uh, that is on the psycho sids though. I'm hearing that there's a chance that they're, that they're that's not their chance that they're working out a contract and what what he's going to be doing, what capacity he's coming back as. But he will be back and he will be on air at pay per views. So they're thinking it's going to be like uh, Undertaker status, oh. just kind of like parade him out once in a while. Except Undertaker, yeah. I heard, is like nonstop on the on the uh, house shows. Like he's uh, he's been very busy lately. Walk well, egg more power to him. I mean, if he feels like he can still go to that, you know, that extent. Um, the nice thing about house house shows is that you get that creative freedom. You know, you're not tied to stuff, and and you know, Taker would not be taking away time from the young guys on on TV. So for him to make appearances for house shows, it definitely helps boost house show numbers. And yeah, he gets to be. You know, a lot more creative than uh, than than normally so. So good for him. Good for him and, if he's still doing that. And plus, if they're wanting to bring him back for like a big show, that's a great way to get back in ring shape. Yeah. Uh, yep. Also, Hulk Hogan is sixty-five. There you go. Sixty-five years young, as they say. Brother. Brother. <laughs> Those are some sixty-five-year-old pythons. That doesn't sound so scary anymore, does it? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I think I could take him. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Just shoot at him a little bit. Um, I, I feel he's kind of mellowed out. Don't you think? Like uh compared to compared to the days when he was in Rocky where he was where he was Thunder Lips. Thunder Lips. <laughs> I don't know. I still think I could take him. I think you're good too. I'll put my money on you, Matt. I appreciate that, Johnny. Especially I that. especially if the contest is who's less racist. <laughs> Matt wins 100%. That is true. That is true. I definitely have something over Hulk Hogan, that's for sure. That's right. So, so, so wrestling. Yeah, you guys uh, any, You guys hear anything else going on in the Psycho Sids? Um, I mean, this past week, uh, Dynamite Kid passed away, yeah. um, which is very, you know, it's unfortunate. It's, it's sad. Unfortunately, his professional life... Um, was typically outweighed by his personal life, which he was, you know, he was a hot mess. He was a mess. Yeah, he was a mess. And uh, every drug you can imagine did every vile thing. Just about. He's a, he's a classic example of can you separate the art from the artist type thing, right? Which yeah, yeah. he could be looked at as like the dynamite kid, which is kind of ironic because, or excuse me, not dynamite. Uh, Chris Benoit. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, yes. which is ironic because Chris Benoit imitated dynamite kid a lot because that was his idol yeah uh which in hindsight not a good look but yeah, yeah. this is something we were talking about beforehand like uh, it's a big deal that he he passed away because of what he, he contributed to the sport what he contributed to the e and and overall you know what i mean like uh, his style of wrestling like you said influenced so many different people and some of the things he did in the ring, some of the innovative moves he did, it was just like it blew people away to watch this guy throw his body around the way he did. Um, yeah. I mean, would we have, you know, Jeff and Matt Hardy today if we hadn't had somebody like Dynamite Kid? Do you know what I'm saying? But when, right. you, see, when you see guys like him, um, yeah, there was two sides to it. There was this, this professional performance that was above and beyond uh, anything that any of these guys did. And... Uh, you know, and and then when you see his personal life, you just kind of say, "Well, it, it almost makes it hard to even like 
even to to give this guy some sort of tribute. You know what I mean? Because the stuff that he yeah. his personal life, I mean, it's not like it, it was a, a once or twice thing where he screwed up and it was kind of like, ah, you know, give the guy a second chance. The guy was known to be a complete asshole, like he, like yes. a psychopath. Yeah, I read stories where like he would wave guns in his wife's face all the time, so much so that she literally thought about killing herself and their children just to get away from him. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. that's it is insane. Like he was notorious for beating her. Um, like you said, he was always doing. He, I mean, whatever drugs or drinking, he was off the handle. You're joking about setting someone up on, uh, on fire for lying. There's a story that I think it was maybe a Brett Brett the Hitman Hart's book, or it's one of the, one of their books where it talks about there was this other wrestler uh, who. I guess, you know, I don't know if he lied to The idea was that he saw him at the McDonald's and confronted him and about the fact that he lied to him about speaking Japanese and then ended up lighting the guy on fire. Like, who does that? Yeah, it's just, yeah, that's too much. Uh, unfortunately, it's a lot more, like, public. I mean, who knows how many other wrestlers have had, you know, are, are kind of like that, maybe at home or or whatnot, but I, that, that whole entire, because I, 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 I considered him to be part of that heart dynasty the heart family so to speak and because you know that he did come out of there if i'm not mistaken he was with davy boy and and all that um that family is just a hot mess uh and cursed i'd have to say um so many talented individuals um that died way way too young some some of them due to their own um you know, demons, others on accident, but just a, a very cursed wrestling family, so to speak. Yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. Another thing, are we ready to move on from, because I don't, I don't know what all we can say. <laughs> no, that's fine. I think yeah. we've said enough. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I heard on the Psycho Sids, I do not know how true this is, uh, but the rumor is that for TLC, the upcoming WWE pay-per-view, Becky Lynch might still be on the injured list. Yeah, I saw that. They cleared her for the concussion, but her face is still not 100% healed. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so uh, th- that may not happen. It, it'll be interesting how what they're going to do with that then, you know what I mean? Because it's a big deal that it's a three-way, it's a three-way with with Flair and Oscar. Because a lot of people were saying, you know, the E's been mishandling Oscar. They haven't done anything with her. They've kind of left her out to languish in this like tag team thing with Ember Moon, you know, or or with uh, what's her name, um, the Neon Glow. I can't remember her name right now. Uh, Naomi. Naomi. You know, Naomi, yeah. and and that's about where she's been about mid card, and she's definitely not a mid card performer. I mean, Oscar, no. you know, she's an amazing performer. First of all, the amount of talent she has and pedigree she brings to the sport, like they it, it, they've been criticized for it for a while now, and it seems like someone was listening because they said, "All right, let's throw her up here and make her a contender for the belt." You know what I mean? And that's well, a, that was one, a big this deal. This is one of the this is one of the problems the E has. Is that they have so many talented people who, you know, really, if you just look at it, deserve to be much higher up on the card than they currently are. But you just can't do that because there's too many people on the card. Right. Uh, like so, people like Asuka kind of get lost in the shuffle, and they get they become like a third wheel in a two on a bicycle in a way. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's happening. They do it all the time. It's happening with her. It's kind of happening with Miz right now too. Uh, it's sort yeah. of happened. It happens with Nakamura a lot. It seems, 
uh, where like there's like a two man story going on, and they're just like a part of that story, and it's sort of the only thing they're doing. Yeah, yeah, so. I don't know, man. It's it uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do if if Becky really can't you know perform or can't com- uh, compete that night. Uh, it's gonna be interesting to see like what the what it's gonna be. Is it gonna be maybe Oscar Flair again to see who's up for the contention? You know what I mean? Uh, who knows? We'll see what happens. Yeah, if, they, if they do that, and this is no, and I do like Flair, but if they do that, you can't have Oscar losing twice to to Flair. Yeah, no, that'll that'll do more harm than good than just leaving around the mid card. Yeah. Exactly. So saying that, that's what they're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, Psycho Sids are also saying Braun Strowman will not be there because his elbow yeah. is not healed, uh, and if he shows, it's it's literally to be a job, like literally be a jobber, like just drop. Wow. Yeah, so, just, so just don't have them. You build them up too much. Yeah. Uh, just don't put them on the card. And if you have them, just have them do like a, I don't know, like a little, I don't know what all you can do with a shoulder injury. Yeah. So. Well, it's this this TLC match isn't it supposed to be with Baron Corbin, if I'm not mistaken, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think so. If it's Cor, if Cor, and Corbin has to win to become general manager of Raw, um, and if he doesn't, he's out. Something like that. Um, so. That could affect a lot of things. It's uh, yeah, that's interesting. If Strowman stays out too, that just yeah, it's not good to have all these injuries at this time of year when the the content's already hurting. You know, the the story writing and everything's already hurting. To have very your your top talent, you know, out right now. You know, there's no Roman Reigns, no Braun Strowman. Uh, obviously, Becky Lynch is on the side, and I'm sure there are several others. We can't. Kevin Owens is out. Uh, Owens. KO. Uh, Sami Zayn's been out. You know, they got Eric some... Rowan, which is hurting yeah. the uh, Luke Harper, and, and yep. you know, there's a yep. lot of injuries going on. Not not a good time of year. Hopefully, they'll be back by WrestleMania time. But yeah, it's uh... the reason. I, the reason I hate it is because my favorite my favorite event is always the Royal Rumble, and uh, I you know this they should be taking this to sort of start kind of etching us toward that direction. Yeah, you it's know. December time now. I mean, I remember way back in the day when. Uh, like when I first got back into wrestling, like 2003, 2004, the year Benoit won it actually. Um, right after Survivor Series, SmackDown was slowly building up towards Royal Rumble. Raw still had the Armageddon pay per view, but the entire time SmackDown was just focused on the Royal Rumble, um, getting guys over, getting guys, you know, positions and stuff. Um, this, yes, just slowly start doing it, slowly start teasing it. It is one of the big four, so. Make it feel like the big four. I don't know. Yeah. I just yeah, yeah. Yes, sirs. Interesting, man. It'll you know it'll be interesting to see what they do. Uh, all these injuries, like you said, it's not good. It's and it sucks. <laughs> You're gonna you know you have so many injuries. Your Royal Rumble is gonna just be kind of like all mid card performers and legends. Yeah, and <laughs> definitely won't legend. win the Royal Rumble. <laughs> Hulk Hogan coming out on a walker. <laughs> Over under on Hacksaw Jim Duggan showing up. <laughs> oh my God, is that Harley racing a scooter? <laughs> He's actually in the ring with the scooter. Oh my God. Oh, uh, side note: there's a there's a local wrestling show that's going to be happening uh, kind of close to my area, and I was looking at the card, and it's literally the youngest person that I saw in there was the man formerly known as Jack Swagger. He's oh, by nice. far the youngest. Everybody else is like a who's who of WWE legends, and I mean some I love. Mick Foley's supposed to be there, so obviously oh, that's I'm, cool. I'm, I'm I'm Team Foley, so I'm cool with that. 
But I mean, literally every name that I saw, Hacksaw was one of them. That's what made me think. Of that. <laughs> Who are the other ones? Because I, I could tell you which ones might still give it a whirl to work and which ones won't. <laughs> I'll have to look up the card. Uh, let me. I'll look it up during the show and bring it back up. Because you can tell me, there's very few. There's very few that still. Yeah, bring it up. Like Hacksaw was a horror for bookings. Um, Virgil. He, Virgil's another one. He will. He will wrestle. He'll um, wrestle for a candy cane, dude. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. (laughs) He was at my buddy Chris Gallo's uh, stag, the one that I do the the panel discussion with. Yeah, yeah. They actually booked him for the stag party, and it was interesting. He he brought a whole stack of 8x10s. There was probably 1,000 8x10s, and he was selling them at the stag. That's amazing. I actually bought one because I felt bad for him, and I got a picture with him, too. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, he also pushed a stripper. That was a good time. Yeah. Uh, Definitely bring it up right. at the end of the at the end of the show for promos. We'll go, we'll have go through. Oh, you got it now. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Mick Foley was the big name that I that I cared about. Yep. Jack Swagger. Uh, Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn. He can Billy still go. Gunn. He's in uh, best shape of his life right now. Yeah, he's looking good. Yeah, actually. he's in really good shape. We saw him at All In, right? He was he was there and he looked great. Uh, Jim Duggan. <laughs> oh uh, wow. Mark Mark Henry. That's the one that kind of surprised me a little bit. Wow. Um, Teddy Long. Oh my God! I was just watching an old school 1985 WCW match with Teddy Long as the referee. Oh, that hair! <laughs> with his yes, with the long hair in the back and the and the the pencil. It's like a mustache. Jerry curl thing going on. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Magnum TA. Yep. Ooh. Uh, Ricky Morton. Uh, oh, which is not rocker. unusual for this. Yeah, which yeah. He still wrestles. He still wrestles. Uh, and that's that's the that's all the names that's on the poster. But I love wow. these posters, man. That have all these people. On. That's awesome, dude. But yeah, that's that's on the that's who's on the card. I don't know who's actually wrestling. I know Foley can't really wrestle anymore. Yeah, so. no. no, he's done. No, Ricky Morton yeah. still still wrestles. Wow, dude, that's which crazy. Is wild, because he looks like shit. One half <laughs> the Rock and Roll Express. They actually, I think they both have wrestled uh, recently. I that, yeah, really, um, yeah. They yep. wrestle. They wrestle a lot in North Carolina. I know that for a fact. Wow. Yeah, they came up here for like one of the, uh, the like the house ESW shows, and uh, they were they competed on it. I forgot who it was against. But, wow, uh, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, they can still go. Um, but yeah, Hacksaw probably would be would be wrestling if it wasn't for his little scare. He he legit has the same four minute match every time. Um, <laughs> dude, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> breaking, breaking the kayfabe, breaking the kayfabe. Hard I love man. that he's always been a giant baby face, but he le- legit brings a weapon with him every single match. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great, so good. Hey, oh, um, did you guys see? Uh, did you guys see the this thing? This uh, apparently, it's kind of a rumor. It's kind of something that's in the works, and people know about it. Is that uh, Cody the Bucks? Uh, Omega, those guys are leaving ROH to start their own promotion. All I have, all elite wrestling. I have heard of that because there, there was a lot of there's been pictures floating around for at least the last month or so. Yeah. I think it's a cool it's a cool thing. They, um, they says he says uh, Cody says he's got an announcement about it in January coming out, and it's going to be bigger than anyone expects. Oh, yeah. What do you mm-hmm. think that means? I don't know. There was it's e- it's either uh, it's either the new a new promotion like he said, yeah. or uh, they're going to announce all in two, or the other one would be 
the only other thing could be joining back the WWE, right? That's the only three yeah. things it could be. I can't see. I see the I see the new promotion being the big deal, but I mean, it's still to start a new promotion. Even these guys is going to be quite a, a feat against the WWE. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It also it makes me wonder too. You know, it's a Ring of Honor New Japan show and and uh the night before wrestlemania yeah right that's what the, the g1 climax i think it's supposed to be yep yeah um where do those guys stand with it because if they're not there that could hurt um that show big time um i i, I really think so and that, that would yeah that wouldn't be good if, if they left before that no i think and, I, I think they'll be me, performing there okay. and for me the fact that i never found the g1 climax is why i can't keep a girlfriend <laughs> Uh, <laughs> another thing that I heard on the uh, on the psycho sids. How do you come it, back from that? You just keep you just power through. <laughs> uh, you just fake it like all my girlfriends. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, another thing on the psycho sids is, of course, they the WWE recently started the NXT in the UK. Yeah. Uh, but they apparently recently signed a lot of their big talent over there to new contracts, which pays them more money. Yeah, I saw this. But but puts some uh, restrictions on who they can wrestle and what other uh, independent uh, independents they can wrestle for. Right. And a lot of people in the UK are mad about this, and uh, I'm trying to understand. Like, here's here's the thing where we as fans kind of get in our own way. Let's say we love uh, we love Pete Dunne, which we do. So that's a, this is an easy one. I mean, I know Chris and I for sure. Yeah, I'm assuming Matt are giant Pete Dunne fans. The dude's amazing. He's really good. Yep, he's very good. So I'm using him as an example because uh, he's one of the ones that was signed to it, according to the Psycho Sids. Uh, like we want him all for ourselves, right? It's like it's like a band that you discover and then they get big and you're like, ah, I like them better when they were small. But now that they're big, they can actually legit make a living from doing that thing and provide for their families. Uh, so if you actually like Pete Dunne, then this really is a positive thing because he can, uh, you know, uh, he can make more money from this, doing this thing and have a better, hopefully a better life for he and his family. Cause I think, didn't he just have a kid too, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I can't be mad about it. Like I understand from a, uh, hardcore fan perspective, like I just said, when, uh, you know, when something you love that you kind of feels like your own little thing that you've discovered, uh, when it gets bigger, it's sort of like, well, now that everybody else likes it, you know, uh, I don't know if it's as cool anymore. I don't know why we do that, but we do as people. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, what do you guys think about this? Uh, you know, before they had really open contracts where they could pretty much wrestle wherever else they wanted to. It's probably to protect their investment. Yeah, it's uh, smart. And yeah. um, because as we know, there's a lot of shit wrestlers, uh, indie yep. wrestlers out there. And if a, any wrestler for a uh, promotion that, you know, is not good enough and it just books anybody, um, it could hurt their investment. I mean, I see it all the time. These these uh, these really low-level uh, independent, they call themselves independent promotions, but, you know, it's like the Booker's kids and all these bunch of kids that aren't trained, and but they have money, and they will pay big money to bring these stars in to boost their show, and then they'll they'll put one of their untrained guys against it just for, you know, notoriety or whatever. Yeah. And uh, 
nine times out of ten, somebody gets hurt if that happens, and it's not a good look. So yeah. I, I actually agree with WWE doing that. Same. Yeah, I don't blame them, I don't blame them at all, uh, and you're right on that. The other thing is that they uh, they put us they apparently according to the Psycho Sids. Uh, have said you can't wrestle anyone from uh, Ring of Honor yep. or from uh, whatever what, from Japan. Impact Wrestling and New Japan and all those. You can't wrestle anybody from any of those. And uh, a lot of people are mad about that. But I look at it this way. The WWE has been signing so many people lately that maybe we can have some fresh matchups down the road that we've never seen before because of this. Yeah. Yeah, you got to think of long term with it too. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's smart. Yeah, keep them away from Ring of Honor, um, keep them away from uh, New Japan. I, I think WWE has a really good relationship with Evolve right now. Um, I forgot who's challenging for the heavyweight title, but it's somebody at NXT. I I, I, I forgot. I can't remember who it was. Um, oh, it might have been. Oh man, I can't remember. You know what? I, um, I would say, for me, when it comes to allowing them to wrestle in other promotions, I would have to disagree there. I would say I think they should do that because think about it. Back in the day when there was territories, it was a big deal to have your champion going around in the different territories and defending specific belts. You know what I mean? And it, you, and it was, them, you loaned them out exactly, and it, but and it I was interesting. You got paid for it. Yeah, it was in the same respect it, though. It they built were all story. Uh, but if you and think about how that would be now, could you imagine if if there was that that was allowed? It was almost like the E was sending people into New Japan. You know what I mean? And you'd have hardcore New Japan fans booing these guys that normally would get cheers at their place. You know what I mean? Like I think right. it could be it'd be amazing for business for everyone all around. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of that could go wrong though. Uh, there's so much. I mean, a lot of those other companies too. Uh, the reason that they're so over is they don't have many restrictions on the actual wrestling. The WWE is yes, the WWE is way love it or hate it. They're really good compared to others about protecting wrestlers' uh, craniums. Uh, so uh, that's one thing you got to think of. Uh, it's just I don't know. I don't it, the the when wrestling was the hottest was when it was WCW versus. WWF slash E, right? Yeah. That's when it was the hottest it had ever been. And they definitely put restrictions on the wrestlers. Yeah, that's yeah, a, yeah. By far the hottest. So You're right, though. Uh, I guess you're right when you look at it that way, that it would be it, – it generates such competition that we get – that we as fans uh, are the ones to benefit from the creativity and the things that come out of all the all sides. Yeah. The, the really weird thing, though, about this uh, a rumor from Psycho Sid is – I'm trying to remember who the wrestler is. I've definitely seen him many times. I think he's part of Mustache Mountain. Uh, Roger, those... is it Roderick Strong? No, no. Oh, wait, no, he's Seven? It, 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 it might be. He's in, he's in the Bates. UK. I think that's it. I think it's Tyler Bates. Uh, he actually owns a wrestling promotion, and they're not on the list uh, for him to wrestle for. So technically, he owns a company, but he's signed to the new contract, so he can't even wrestle for his own company. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> per the rumor that I heard, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, Vince, it's crazy! You, you crazy old man. <laughs> all right, so that's all I have for the psycho sids. Same here. Nothing else on my side. Nothing here. 
let's go into the the week, dude. What got what happened this week? What stands out to you? So, Johnny, you were saying before we started uh, recording that you uh, you you loved Raw this week. Um, you feel it's oh, the yeah. superior brand. Oh yeah, uh, those are my words. <laughs> Somebody's getting lit on fire today. Bunch yeah. of liars. Bunch of phonies. <laughs> yeah. Um. So the WWE on their YouTube channel. Uh, puts out a top 10 countdown all the time. And I love watching those. Uh, but they also do, every week, top 10 countdowns from the things that happen on Raw and from the things that happen on SmackDown. And you can go and just watch those two countdowns and just look at just how much better SmackDown is than Raw. Just from those countdowns. I mean, it wasn't even fair. By far, anything I would remotely want to talk about this week happened on SmackDown. The Becky Lynch, Charlotte, Oscar stuff, and the uh, Daniel Bryan uh, I, I love this new Daniel Bryan, by the way. Yeah, dude. This is, yes, by far much needed. And holy cow, you can tell he's having a blast with it. Raw's yes. been, is, is almost been kind of a waste of time. I mean, you know, the whole thing with Dean Ambrose, if you ask me, I like the, like I said, I like that whole, like, how disgusted he is with people and stuff. But I feel like now yeah. it's going a little overboard. And instead of just giving us good matches, do you know what I mean? Uh, the one thing I wanted to bring up about Raw, I wanted to know what you guys thought was. Uh, their face they have it's almost like they have no faces anymore so do you think that's what the deal with Ziggler do you saw how they were they turned McIntyre uh turned him on Ziggler and now uh it looks like they might be trying to push Ziggler as a as a face it's not going to work though the reason it's not going to work you're right I I understand what you're saying but it's not going to work with Ziggler because he's kind of been around forever they he's not really evolved as a character no. Uh, uh, at all. So why would we care? <laughs> right. The yeah. best stuff he, the best stuff he's done recently was when he had that feud with Miz not too long ago. The, uh, that stuff was kind of good and it's because he put his career on the line. The reason I thought they were you could see them pushing the face is because when uh McIntyre turned on him, uh but he actually, you know, came out on top with that whole thing. There was the like, the crowd cheered it and they were actually kind of cheering Dolph Ziggler, you know what I mean? So that's what I was kind of saying. I could see it coming, maybe. Maybe if they play it with that whole like, how he can't believe he, you know what I mean? Like he that he had been, you know, misled this whole time, kind of a thing. I don't know. I just saw they gotta, that they they got they got a change that that just got awful record scratch interest music. <laughs> <laughs> I know, uh, but that's about it, a, dude. Raw feels like it was just nothing to me. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Yeah, I have to agree. Um, I mean, there's a report that Vince McMahon personally wrote it rewrote it the script this week so the audience would be happier that's why some of the, those things happened like Ziggler turning face uh but the other thing was the was Rhino Rhino and Heath Slater oh that's right uh, that was the only yes. interesting thing um you know Baron Corbin said they were making roster cuts and put the two against each other Heath Slater came out in a shirt that said I got kids or yeah uh but he ended up defeating Rhino. Uh, I don't know if it's storyline purpose or if Rhino's legitimately taking a step back from wrestling. Um, I, I I really don't know. Well, the uh, the psycho Sid is during the commercial break or whatever. He actually uh, told the crowd there that he was retiring. That's what I had heard. Oh, really? True, that's what, I don't know how true that is, but that's what I had heard. Interesting. Uh, it's it's very possible. Red, I should say, yeah. It's possible. Um, on, uh, Rhino is, you know, he, he's popular, but he's not like 
you know, to get like a big send off, you know what I mean? He's not in the class of like the undertaker, HBK, stuff like that. So it's, it's very possible that that's the kind of the way they just wanted to write him off TV. He may have asked for it because some guys are like that. They just want to just disappear and not get this big send off. But, um, yeah, I, I think if it is the end for Rhino, um, it's it's a little unfortunate. His last run has been, it's been okay. You know, there's been some bright moments, um, but like it's yeah, the end the end of it all, the way they wrote it out for script and stuff, it's uh, it's it wasn't it wasn't that bad. Yeah, uh, I mean he's his legacy will always be ECW. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, it's what he's always going to be remembered for. And I'm with you. He's not as big a name as Undertaker. I mean, it's not even really fair to compare the two. But, uh, yeah, I I might have given him a, an actual retirement match. But, you know, I wouldn't have, like, made that the main event or anything. And that's no offense to Rhino. I've liked Rhino over the years. But uh, it just, uh, you know. And I do. Th- he does come off to me from what I've read about him. I've obviously never met the man. That he would want a uh, not much fanfare kind of deal. Um, yeah, he's very humble. I met him a couple times backstage. Yeah. He's very humble in that respect. He's not, he's not big for the uh, the big theatrics as far as people going out and stuff. So right, and isn't he kind of into politics now? Did he run for office or something recently? Some in Michigan. I think he was a mayor of a Michigan town or, or something like yeah. that. So, so maybe he wants to get more into that. I guess I don't know. He's gonna feud with uh, Kane. Kane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Let's book this right now. He's gonna run for mayor of the city that Kane's mayor of right now, and that's gonna be the next feud. I would buy tickets for that day one. <laughs> gore, gore. <laughs> yeah, but everything that was like what seems to be going right for the E right now is happening over in SmackDown for sure. Yeah. Hundred percent. So uh, I don't think we've spoken much about it. What are you guys thinking about this whole Daniel Bryan heel turn? It's, I love it. Yeah, I I I enjoy it as well. It's a darker twist on his character. It's not like the uh, original heel Daniel Bryan, where he was kind of like still over the top and goofy. Um, this one is is dark, and this is definitely him having fun. Maybe it's a little bit of a. Uh, you know, creative challenge for him. Yeah. To to be this this you know darker character and and whatnot, but um, you know, if the day ever comes back where he turns babyface again, uh, the crowd is gonna go nuts. Do you? It's, uh, it's yeah. gonna be. You can you can tell too just from these past few SmackDowns that it's kind of put a new fire underneath him. Oh yes. yeah, he's good. You can he's see definitely he's enjoying yeah. this. Yes, that's that's the biggest deal to me. Like that helps a character so much if you can tell the person behind it is really into it. What uh? So I I I love that aspect of it. And I, one more one more thing, real quick, Chris. Uh, by far one of the better. Uh, you know, a lot of times when I have a wrestler come and do commentary during a match, I'm like, ugh. But by far the Daniel Bryan commentary over the Miz AJ uh, Styles match was phenomenal. I have two I have two thing two thoughts on that. I I loved it. I love the whole fickle promos he's pushing now yes love yes. it absolutely love it i love oh, and he shut down that stupid what chant thank you daniel bryan yeah, and the way <laughs> he shut it down you. was amazing yes. too dude like he literally controlled it that was so nice uh but the one thing i don't like about when they bring out the 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 wrestlers as as commentators is 
a lot of times there's a lot of really good shit happening in the match, and you want the the guy that's calling the match to like for the people who are watching at home to call the match. I feel like anymore they re- it's almost like they spend so much time now during matches which should be called when you're watching two guys working as hard as they are in, in the ring. Uh, they spend too much time trying to build all the backstories to these stories they're trying to get across. And like yes. the the one Daniel Bryan being there was was fine. Like it wasn't too bad. Um, so that's why I was saying I have I have a, a love hate for it because most of the time I feel like it takes away from what's happening. This time it actually it, it always does. Yeah, this time it actually it always it, it always takes away from the actual match because you know they're not gonna the main story of that match is not the match itself. Right. It's what's going on right. outside of it. Right. And so uh, what I did the, love. So the though, two guys. Yeah. So the two guys in the actual match. In this case, Miz and AJ Styles are not going to go all out. No, yeah. Well, I mean, well, they were actually not. pretty doing a pretty good job putting they were all a right, performance. But I think they could have had a, they could have had a much better match. Oh yeah, but they were all right. Uh, yeah. But what I did love was when they asked Daniel Bryan, "What are you going to tell your daughter <laughs> when yes. she grows up yes. to see and she sees what you did?" She goes, "I hope she kicks guys in the groin." <laughs> Yes, all the time, all the time, <laughs> and he goes on this rant on Brian Saxton, and it's a freaking amazing, it is so, it's so good, incredible. Dude. I loved yes. it. I thought that was amazing. He's like, I hope she kicks ten guys in the groin. Yeah. <laughs> I was the, like, oh my god, this is so good. My main complaint with this whole thing, and it's a small one, is just because I'm a Miz fan. I'm a Miz Mark. Is he's yeah. the third player in this? That's what I was going to ask you. What do you think yeah. about that? Because that was such good. Like that was such a good rivalry. There was a lot of like it was building yeah. towards a lot. And now it's just kind of put on hold and paused out because you can't really turn Miz face. He's still pushing heel. You know what I mean? The way he's acting, he yeah. still acts he's like just, a heel. He's naturally a heel. He's just natural a natural heel. Uh, I I don't know. I really want this rivalry to come back because it was so good and it didn't really have a, a satisfactory finish to it, in my opinion. Uh, I don't. I don't know. He's kind of the lost call, the lost uh, wheel, the, the the third wheel in this bicycle here that I was talking about before. So I, I don't know. He's too good uh, to be kind of a background player. So uh, I would prefer if that's what he's gonna if that he would actually just move on to an actual feud with somebody. But uh, maybe they're, maybe they're doing, maybe they're doing something with this. I'm going to hope. I'm going to pray uh, that maybe like. The whole time we'll figure out that he and Daniel Bryan were in cahoots or something, something weird out of the left, you know, because they, they Daniel Bryan was during the beat when, when uh, at the very beginning of the show, when AJ Styles attacks and ends up getting in the uh, skull crushing finale, uh, Daniel Bryan kind of had a bit of a smile on his face as Miz did that. So yeah, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Uh, as a Miz fan, I want him to have more, but that's just because I'm a Miz fan. So I don't. I don't know. And, uh, <laughs> I think Matt passed out. He no, didn't. sorry, sorry. I'm still here. I'm still here. No, it's uh, yeah. It'll be it'll be interesting to see where they go because Johnny's right. There was no um, and there was no true ending to the Daniel Bryan Miz uh, feud. They they may not ever be um, an end to that that feud. But um, I mean, they, yeah. I don't want to see Miz go babyface. It is weird seeing him as third wheel. Uh, but SmackDown is loaded with really, really good heel characters right now. Yeah, yeah, they um, are really good. He, you know, top level heels. Um, I don't yeah, know. We didn't even we didn't even mention Samoa Joe. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Samoa yeah. Joe is another one. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure where they lie with uh, with baby faces right now. But I mean, obviously AJ is the main one. Um, yeah, it's 
I I don't I really don't know. I know I, there was a rumor about John Cena coming back kind of full time uh, this January, and I think SmackDown could really use him uh, as a boost and and add some intrigue to uh, you know some potential matches. They they definitely need another top tier babyface like AJ Styles because um, I really don't think that they have one right now. But uh, yeah, it, it's. It's fun. I'm just I'm just gonna enjoy the ride and see where it is. It's a new take. It's it's different, and uh, I'm really enjoying it. So we'll see. You know, hopefully a big blow off come WrestleMania time is what we're gonna see. Yeah, and let's all just be honest. The ratings for the E right now are in the, are in the the toilet, but uh, they kind of get that way every December apparently, especially during football season. They're just not near as high. Right. So. Uh, but yeah, so the Cena thing makes sense to me just from a rating standpoint, trying to get a pop in those ratings. I mean, that's a that's a big name. Love him or hate him, yeah, uh, he'll bring in people to watch. Exactly. So. Anything else happened in SmackDown? The ladies, Flair, uh, Becky Lynch, and Oscar with that that whole thing came up, and and Becky Lynch is still owning it when it comes to promos, dude. She just can't stop. She's just on fire, dude. Yeah, I don't know 100%. how much of it is her just off the top of her head or doing her own thing or if anything's written for her, but, man, I don't think – there, like, there really isn't a hotter wrestler than her right now. Physically, no, and, physically and spiritually. And she's not uh, even yes. wrestling. Like, she hasn't even wrestled since what? Since that whole takeover thing? So, what, she's been out about a month now? And she's still, yeah. still the most fire wrestler right now. Yeah, it's not she's, even close. It's good. It's keeping her interesting, and it could be all her. It could be Vince or somebody getting in her ear to tell her to stay, you know, do this and stay relevant. But um, she has definitely brought an intrigue in her absence that nobody else has really done before. True. You know, she's people- she's kind of got she's kind of I mean she's a different character, but she kind of reminds me in the same vein of Daniel Bryan. Everybody knew that Daniel Bryan was good. That we all knew he was really good, but it was like we also knew the WWE was was not giving him a chance to showcase how good he was. So then when he finally got the chance, we were all on, on board for it. And I'm kind of feeling the same about Becky Lynch. We've known forever that she was good. She's so good, so talented, and now they finally decided. You know what? Let's let's give her the the brass ring, as they like to call it, and see yeah. what she can do with it. And she's running away with it. Yeah. Yeah, she's. I, I would like to know how much creative control she has over her own character and what what she gets to say and do because her Twitter is, is a, yes is straight fire, straight fire. Yes, <laughs> uh, I can't believe she gets away with some of the stuff that she says because I know they they try to before they were trying to be very careful about what people say on on social media and stuff, but she has been just yeah unleashed and it's great to see. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm on board for her Twitter game. 100%. Yep. All right, fellas, so, anything else? We're done there, huh? Yeah, we're done. SmackDown wins. Everybody knows it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty so, much it for the weekly recap. Uh, not a whole, nothing really special with NXT. Uh, when is the TLC pay-per-view? Is it not this? It'll be next weekend, right? Yeah, Maybe? next week. Yeah, How uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are y'all for TLC? Eh. I'm a five, straight five. Yeah, I'm about in the middle there. I'm not. I'm not super excited yeah. yet. Um, you know, if I a, had the choice, oh, go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. I was gonna say there's only a couple, a couple that I want. I want to really see him really. Yeah. Uh, one thing I was gonna ask real quick, like, is is Alexa Bliss still technically injured? Cause she still hasn't wrestled. Yes, she hasn't been medically cleared yet. I know she was doing some stuff on, over on Raw. I think. Um, 
Yeah, she hasn't been medically cleared yet. She's still pretty messed up. So, yeah, yeah, that's another that's another, another injury, hit, another big hit. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, all right, guys. I, I'm ready to talk about some feuds. I don't know about you guys. No I'm ready. I'm pumped. All right. So uh, this this for this episode, we decided that I think it was Chris's idea, and it was a great idea uh, that we're going to talk about our favorite all time feuds in in wrestling. Uh, so yeah. we each we each have one, and we have some honorable mentions, I believe. Yes. All right. Uh, who wants to go first? Uh, I'll go first. I'll just talk about the the reason I was thinking about this was because I've been watching some old school nineteen eighties WCW wrestling. And yes. Nineteen eighty three, nineteen eighty four. We had uh, well, eighty three was the debut of Starcade. Uh, 84 and the first one was was uh the big main event was rick flair against harley race but 84 and 85 back to back and the next few years you would see one of the greatest feuds ever if you ask me in wrestling and that's rick flair and dusty Rhodes, the nature boys against the son of a plumber baby man (laughs) Such a great feud, working, dude. Man. It was such a yeah. great feud. You know what I mean? The 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 matches, um, the battles, the promos against each other. Like some of the most cla- some of the classic promos that we've heard, you know, from Ric Flair or from Dusty, is during this time when they're feuding yeah. each other with each other uh, during the WCW era when NWA was running the thing. Um, dude, it was just it's just for me it's so classic. I was watching the the second Starcade, Starcade '84, where they actually had the ma- the ba- match between Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes, and there was a million dollars on the line. So whoever won, the other had to pay the other, or whoever lost, the other they had to pay the winner a million dollars. And they had smoking Joe Frazier as a guest referee. Uh, he's a boxer. <laughs> yes, dude. Yes. And so like this match is going nuts. Now, if you guys have ever are, are, are familiar with Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes matches, you know. These guys have bleach blonde hair, so there's no question that they're both opening up for the night. And by the end of the night, they're wearing the crimson masks, both of them. Oh right? yeah, oh yeah, That's they're both kind of famous for that. You look at Dusty Rhodes later on in his life, uh, even close to the end there, um, rest in peace, right? But you looked at his forehead, and it wasn't just wrinkles. Uh, the dude had blade scars all over his foreheads because that's what they did back in the day. They bladed, and yeah. So then this match, there's this, you know, they're going at it, and all of a sudden, Dusty's opened up, right? And then there's blood just pouring down in his eye. So the smoke and Joe Frazier, he's a boxer, right? He's the ref. He decides, listen, I got to check his eye and make sure he can keep going. And then he's like, yep, no, we got to call the match. So that's how Dusty Rhodes loses this match, okay? Because the ref says you're bleeding too much. And the announcers are just like, uh, I don't think he realizes this is, uh, this is professional wrestling. Uh, we don't usually stop the match for something like that. And it was like, but it was, it was like, oh, but I guess we have to honor what it, the referee calls. And Ric Flair is the champion. He will be getting the million dollars. And, and like, and you know, they cut to the back and he, they're back in their dressing room. And Tony, yeah, it's Tony Schiavone here. And he's talking to him and he's like, yeah, this is the million dollars and blah, blah, blah. 
and they and then they cut over to Dusty and he's all patched up, you know, he's got this thing around his head and he's cutting a promo on Ric Flair talking about he's coming at him anyway, baby. And then <laughs> follow the next year, right? You get another whole year where they just feud it out because it's there it's gonna culminate again in Starcade eighty five. But it wasn't just those couple years, man. This happened for however long I mean, these guys kept battling each other throughout their careers. They they would oh, yeah. go off and, and become superstars in whatever promotion they were in at the time and then at some point you knew that their paths were going to cross again and when it did you knew you were getting classic matches like these guys were not phoning it in back in the day like rick flair and dusty both put everything on the line every time they wrestled each other dude it was an amazing amazing matches and for me it's probably the greatest feud of all time dusty Rhodes and rick flair very good i like it i like it a lot Uh, i mean literally you had two guys two of the top talkers of all time uh, going back and forth in promos, that on itself is enough to sell a match. It's just their, it's just their talking. They would get you into the building because you want to see Dusty Rhodes beat Ric Flair finally. That's what you wanted to see. Yep. Uh, yeah. So I, I it, that's that's a tough one. You want me to go next? I can go next. Yeah, go next, bud. All right. So when I first discovered wrestling as a wee lad, it was during the Hulk Hogan era, and uh, I was a Hulkamaniac, of course, because I was a little kid. I wanted to eat, you know, eat my vitamins and, and all that stuff, just like he told me. Uh, but, you know, it seemed like every week, that terrible, that horrible man, that dastardly Bobby Heenan would bring somebody else to take down the Hulk. And I hated Bobby Heenan when I was a kid. <laughs> and then when I got older, I realized that right there was the greatest feud of all time. It was Hulk Hogan, not versus a wrestler, Ooh. but versus Bobby Heenan. Wow. That, to me, is my favorite feud of all time because Bobby Heenan is one of the greatest promos, of course. In my opinion, this is just my opinion, he's my all-time favorite manager by far. Uh, And the fact that he had a stable and he would keep bringing in new guys for this stable uh, to to take down and hit – In Bobby's opinion, that horrible man, Hulk Hogan. It was like like the wrestling version of Lex Luthor and Superman. Yes, yes, thank you. Thank you. That's what I equated it to when I got older. And then I realized the brilliance of Bobby Heenan when it came to this. And uh, I became a giant Bobby Heenan fan. So I'm going to go with Bobby Heenan versus Hulk Hogan. That's awesome, dude. Awesome. I never would have thought of that one. Very nice. That's clever. Uh, Mine is... Uh, it's probably one of the more popular ones of all time, uh, super mainstream, and uh, both inside and outside the ring. It would have to be Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. Oh, uh, yeah. I hate That's referencing one. that one typically because it's it's such a it is a very common throw you know throwout answer. But um, it, I I think it was it, it it goes back longer than you think. Yeah. Um, I read a bit of Bret Hart's book and you know through it just just learn about their their weird on and off friendship in, you know, the eighties and early nineties and then everything that happened after that. But, yeah. you know, they scored off so many times. Um, even when Sean was with the Rockers and Brett was teaming up with, uh, Jim, Jim, the Anvil Nightheart yeah. as, uh, you know, heart, heart foundation. foundation. And then, you know, it, it went from there. Then it was eventually intercontinental championship matches and, you know, Brett obviously got the the torch passed to him first, um, and there was uh, so many classic one on one matches between the two. Most notably, uh, WrestleMania 12, that Iron Man match, oh. which uh, I'm still can't believe they spent an hour, you know, on one match. But honestly, it, it's one of the greatest WrestleMania matches of all time. True. 
Um, you know, and then you go into the mid '90s, and then we have another faction war. It's the you know the New Heart Foundation. They got Owen. They got Davy Boy. They got yep. uh, Brian Pillman, and uh, you know they're going to war with D Generation X, and that was you know for the better part, it was a nice year year you know six month year maybe two year feud uh they were just always going back and forth and it culminated at survivor series 97 yeah uh, which we all know is the montreal screw job where uh they got you know legit screwed over and um you know i, I it's hard to say whose side i take it. it definitely brett got screwed um but i think it stung twice as much because it was to Shawn michaels and everything that they had going between them yeah um you know it because, I mean, it, my opinion, yes, if you are the champion, you're supposed to, if they ask you to lose the belt somewhere, you lose the belt. Um, well, that's that's why, Matt, sorry to interrupt you, but I have to correct something real quick. Uh, yeah. Brett screwed Brett. <laughs> yeah, he did a little, kind of, if you think about it. like yeah. In both ways. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. No, technically he did. Yeah. Um, but obviously the screw job was aimed at Brett. Yeah, yeah. Um, pol- you know, politics uh, planned behind the scenes away from Brett. So, and that, that's kind of the manner I meant. But, um, yeah, Vince, or, yeah, I mean, Brett didn't want to drop the belt. And, yeah, I think it stung twice as much because it was Deshaun who they had such a personal uh, bitter rivalry behind the scenes with. It was... Uh, yeah, so that's my that's my number one. Yeah, feud that's of a all pretty time. good feud too, because like you said, it wasn't just ring and storyline, like in personal life too. Because I remember watching an interview, and the the idea behind it is that like they were t- such two opposite perform- kinds of people. Like they both were great performers; they were both very athletic and, and devoted everything that they could out of their own bodies to this craft. However, yes. however, from uh, for for Shawn Michaels, like in that time, he recognized that. Um, to continue to get over, there has to be flash. There has to be character. There has to be attitude to it. You have to do all this. It can't just be your performance in the ring. Whereas with Brett, it was about, no, if you can perform in the ring, you don't need all that other flash. You don't need it. So one who had that old school mentality, he was still kind of holding on to old school wrestling, like the older guys. And Sean was like representative of the new generation, which, you know, there's always going to be that clash. The newer guys are always going to look at the older guys like you guys are archaic. And the older guys are always going to look at the newer guys like you guys are disrespectful and you don't know where you, you came from. You don't respect where this, you know, where we've been from, what, what came first. Uh, and that was, it was just, it was amazing. It was, we as fans were lucky to grow up in a time where that feud, like we literally saw it. You know what I mean? We saw that kind of transition from this kind of wrestler and this mentality to this one. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's millennials. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. It, Sean did evolve with the times, and that's why I always regard Sean higher as a performer. Um, yeah. Because unfortunately, as as fun as the you know the 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 actual mat grappling part of yeah. professional wrestling, all that stuff, the entertainment part goes in after that. Uh, Sean was better on the microphone than yeah. Bret Hart. Um, Sean was yes a better showman than Bret Hart. Uh, where I feel like I feel like Brett and maybe overrated uh, in some cases. Yes, he was very technologically or technically gifted, um, but I always I actually think Brett or excuse me Owen is the oh, best yeah. heart out of oh, all of them. Oh, that's yeah, he's my favorite heart by far. Mine too, because he was the showman. He 
busted his ass to get himself over. Yeah. He didn't just have, you know, he didn't just, you know, I'm a son of Stu Hart and blah, 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 this and that. No, Brett, or Owen went and, and gimmicked himself up yeah. uh, where Brett was just straight-laced, white meat baby face, mm-hmm. uh, no gimmick, and one, you know, his one line, best there is, best there was, best there ever will be. That was all Brett had and a sharpshooter. That yeah. was it. Yeah, so very matter of fact. But that's a good feud, dude. Very good. Did what did you guys have in terms of like honorable mentions? Uh, I can go first on this. Yeah, uh, go ahead. I I got three. I'll start with the newest one, and that and that is Gargano versus Ciampa. Oh yeah, that's my newest favorite feud that's happened. I agree. I really love it. Uh, we've talked about that ad nauseum on this show. Uh, so, uh, it. I mean, gosh, you got two grade grade A plus talents going at it. Yep. Uh, they've told a great story. Uh, this is a long-term story where they were actually attacking first. Uh, so it's, I thought this is the one thing. If uh, if I wanted to get somebody who was kind of on the fence about wrestling, I would show them this feud from the very beginning yep. of them as a tag team and say, "Hey, yeah, this is why wrestling is awesome." Uh, another one would be uh, Foley toward the end of his career in WWE versus the Authority, uh, where he would end up wrestling. I love that to the point where. Uh, one of the most, for me as a wrestling fan, I mean, I was always a giant Foley fan. The One of the few times, well, not few, I, I cry a lot. I'm a crier. I'm not afraid to admit that. But one of the times that I cried watching wrestling was uh, when he was forced to have a match with Rock, who was his friend, and the loser was going to get fired. It was like a pink slip on a pole match type deal. And uh, Foley, quote unquote, got fired. And uh, poor little teenage Johnny cried over this. Because <laughs> Foley, but uh, you know Foley would go on to have some great uh, Hell in a Cell matches with uh, Triple H. Uh, so uh, this whole Foley versus the Authority thing, I I was 100 percent on board for it. Uh, then my last one is I talk about how much I'm a big fan of the Miz. the The feud that really for me proved that he really had something when it came to wrestling, just especially in his promos, is his original very first feud with John Cena, in which he would constantly call out Cena. And this is when Cena was on top of the mountain. And Cena would never show up. So he would just say, all right, well, I've defeated Cena tonight because he didn't show up. I'm 1-0 versus John Cena. Then the next week, I'm 2-0 versus John Cena. And he kept claiming victories over Cena, despite the fact they'd never wrestled. <laughs> and uh, I freaking loved it. Freaking loved it. And he, had, and he really had some great, great promos during that. And he just grew on from there. So uh, those are my honorable mentions. All right. Nice. Um, and if I go next? Go ahead. Um, one of my honorable mentions has to be the Daniel Bryan versus Authority feud from several years ago, right before Daniel Bryan won his first uh, – well, actually, it wasn't his first, but he won the title at WrestleMania 30. Um, it was the talk of – it took over professional wrestling as a whole from the point of summer, you know, really that SummerSlam – um, after Triple H and Randy Orton turned on him, um, to to WrestleMania and beyond, and it probably would have gone even longer if Daniel Bryan didn't get hurt uh, with his feud with Kane. But uh, I just remember it was just it was a different, it was a weird time uh, as a wrestling fan. And I'm not not in a bad way, but just how vocally active fans were, social media wise, on the shows. Um, Literally every segment, they they tried to phase out Daniel Bryan, and and even at that in the middle of all that, there was a TLC uh, title unification match between John Cena and Randy Orton, 
and the entire time they were chanting for Daniel Bryan. Uh, it was just remarkable. Uh, it was fun to see a guy get over organically like that, even when it seemed like the machine was not behind him, uh, and they tried to force-feed the same old stuff. But uh, in the long run, you know, it, Daniel Bryan ended up benefiting from CM Punk leaving, got two matches at Mania, and eventually won the title. And that that was the most over he's ever been. And it's still, I'm sure it sits fondly in a lot of people's memories, um, being all part of that. You know, there was all the hijack Raws and just everything. It was just a, it was a weird but cool time to be a wrestling fan. Nice. Uh, my other one, I had one more. It'd probably have to be Undertaker and Brock. Uh, real simple. Uh, when Brock first won the belt in 2002, Taker and Brock had a couple matches at uh, I think No Mercy, and I think they were un- one other pay-per-view or, or event. They had a couple title matches. The following year, after Brock regained the belt from Kurt Angle, they had two matches at uh, um, they had two two other title matches as well. So um, yeah, there was always it was always a fun dynamic to watch them too. And obviously, down the you know years down the road with Brock ending Taker's streak. Um, there was a mutual respect thing, obviously, but, uh, you know, some really great iconic moments and matches and, uh, you know, really fun to see that those two could still, could still go after all those years. Cause obviously the 2002, 2003 stuff was, you know, really good, really, you know, really fun to watch. Undertaker was still young and fresh and healthy. Brock, you know, same thing, just only a couple years in and then a couple years later down the road or almost a decade down the road. Uh, for them to be still putting on stellar matches like that, you know, WrestleMania Classic yeah. uh, is an attribute to their uh, their talent. Nice. Uh, I had a couple. These are from uh, one of my favorite eras, obviously, the Attitude Era. Uh, Mankind Undertaker, not just from Hell in a Cell, but all of the, like, the, just remember, these guys feuded for a while. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't like this was just kind of like a couple matches and then there was a Hell in a Cell. Um, there, was, there was the Boiler Room match. There was the uh, all kinds of different casket matches that they've ever had. Um, do you remember the, the, the match when um, Undertaker came up? I'm, ready, I'm sorry. Uh, Mankind came up from, under, from the, 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 uh, the, the, uh, the mat and ended up pulling him down into the hole. I do remember that. Oh, yeah. Like, they, these guys oh, yeah. battled it out so many times uh, over the course of a couple of years that I think a lot of people forget that this was actually a feud between these two um, because of Hell in a Cell. Hell in a Cell always just hold once you hear Undertaker Mankind, that's all you think about. But, like, think about when uh, he lost the urn, remember, to, to Mankind, and all of a sudden it was because uh, Paul Bearer turned on man, uh, on Undertaker? Yes. Like, that was, I do for me, that. that was one of the classic ones. This was one of the greater feuds uh, in the E, and also uh, during the Attitude Era was Stone Cold and Vince McMahon, man. Oh, yeah, For me, the, that's one of the greatest. That's probably the number one feud of all time. One of the greatest of yeah. all time because you bought into it. For a while there, you really thought, this guy really does not like Vince McMahon. You know what I mean? <laughs> because you can yeah. always hear, the st- as, a, as a smart fan, you know about Vince McMahon. You hear about those stories where you know he can be that hard-ass, that kind of guy. When you hear about like the, the Montreal screw job, you're like, well, Jesus, he's that kind of a dude? And so when you get a guy that starts flipping him the bird and you know pouring some 
cement into his car or driving <laughs> a beer truck into the ring and just dousing them all down with a hose. Like everybody wanted to see that. You know what I mean? Everyone wanted to see, wanted to be able to go tell their boss to go screw themselves. Uh, and he did it in such a way where I feel like as fans, we were just like, yes, yes, finally, <laughs> finally, yes. And I think that was probably one of the most satisfying feuds of all time as well. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's a solid one. Um, to touch up on your first one, did you ever watch the tag team Buried Alive match on SmackDown? Uh, it was Undertaker and Big Show versus Rock and Mankind. Did you ever see that? No, one? I never saw that one. Oh, uh, that was a, that was an interesting oh. one. <laughs> well, yeah, those. I know. Uh, I know yeah, I know what Chris is going to do. He's going to look at matchup. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> yep. <laughs> But yeah. You know, uh, also, a side note, a side feud would be uh, uh, the Rock versus McFoley's book. <laughs> I still remember that when he when uh, Foley found his book in the trash and he thought Rock had thrown it away. <laughs> it was a sad. Day. It was a sad day for me. Like, how could Rock do this? That's too funny. <laughs> there you have it, fellas. There's uh there's another week of kayfabe in the books. Chris made it through. Anybody, uh, you guys have anything else you want to say or push or promote before we uh, we end the show here? No, I'm done. Yeah, I think we did it in a solid show. Uh, so yeah, I'm good on my end. All right, throw on the coquina clutch and count us out. Two.